Hi, I secretly like to be my boss's favorite because it pisses off my coworkers. Thank you. I'm Ben Ham. And I'm Dahlia Beta. We're your hosts as we navigate the deep waters of humanity. And listen to the stories no one ever tells. You are entering the secret room. Secrets. They're the topic of this podcast. We've covered a lot of them in our first two seasons. Some are harmless and funny, like the therapist who dished on her client's crazy oversharing in episode 23. And some secrets are deep and dark, like when Tree Mabry told us about his eccentric nindaddy whose friend took a bullet and died during a mischievous teenage night in episode 22. There's a broad spectrum of secrets out there, and Dahlia and I have been working our way through them with you, one by one, here in the secret room. As we wrap up season two and start the new year, we're bringing you a show with a couple of secrets, one from another continent and one much closer to home. It's Dahlia's. Secret fans, all will be revealed in the secret room today. Don't go far. But first... Roger Griffiths tells us a story about a girl in his life when he was growing up. A sort of girl. Here's Roger to explain what I mean. Uh, my secret was that I had to invent a second girlfriend. So wait, make that a second girl friend. He already had a real one, but for some reason he invented another. I had to find out why. Roger's in Bristol. That's in southwest England, a couple hours west of London. I'm in Washington, D.C. Sadly, the secret room accountant, me, told me that I didn't have a travel budget to fly overseas to visit Roger, Sigh. So we connected on WhatsApp, and after a couple of tries, we got a decent connection. Did your girlfriend know that you had invented a second girlfriend? <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Um, I just never used to see her and, uh, on those those days. I was quite sporty, and I was always up to uh, whatever I needed to do. So something that stuck all the way through my life and was going to come up my tracks. Don't worry about that. That's funny. I wonder if she would have been upset if she'd known you had made up a second girlfriend. Oh, yes, without question. <laughs> Roger says Bristol in the early 80s was pretty tough. I think it was a double penalty. So, so not only were there were very few uh, black people around, it was a tough working class area. Conditions were hard. Uh, quite a lot of violence was, was around. You, know, you had to be quite strong to stand up for yourself. I wasn't in those days, uh, but I was strong of mind. I've always been strong of mind, but I was, I was quite frail growing up. When it came to leaving school, uh, suddenly uh, I left school without any qualifications. School just kind of passed me by. Roger was 15 at the time, and he hadn't given any thought to furthering his education. And so, why why did you leave school? I didn't know what I didn't know what the options were. I just that's in, over in the UK. That's what it was when you when you reach that age, you have to leave school. And I didn't know I, I didn't know what how big the world was going to be. I just didn't think all my friends were leaving and then we all went into the same kind of you know working on building sites or in factories you know there's no thought about what we're going to do for the future it was all about survival at that time for roger well we had at the same time we had a perfect storm of high unemployment rates um margaret thatcher was just taken over then she scrapped then the, the apprenticeship system over here we had three million unemployed and there was a heavily uh, youth unemployment and also during that time we had uh, riots in Great Britain at that time. Thinking about career and life wasn't something that was high on my list, it was around survival. At this point, life got pretty bleak. 
we would just hang out on the corners or we'd just go for a walk. There was a record by the specials that then called Do Nothing. And that's what we used to do. We used to walk from one side of the, the city to another and just walk around, just talk about it, because there was nothing, literally nothing to do. There was no work. Um, there were no clubs. We didn't have enough money to go drink in the pubs. But despite the desperate situation he was in, he knew he could accomplish things, that he was smart. Roger enjoyed writing and decided to go back to school to take classes. So I took English literature and English language qualifications to to get at least some paper. So I imagine your friends wouldn't have thought it was the coolest thing for you to head back to school. No, not at all. I just remember I had to invent a second girlfriend to hide the fact that I was going to night school. But there's no way I was saying I was, I was going to be studying. I just said I had a girlfriend on the other side of town and I would go up the road to Twyford House in Shirehampton in, in Bristol to a open learning college. Um, what was her alleged name? <laughs> I, I gave her a name of Laura. I had a main girlfriend. You know, nobody used to see me on, on those Tuesdays and Thursdays. I was somewhere else. That was just my little secret. So there you have it. Roger invented a second girlfriend to cover the fact that he was going to night school. It would have been good training for the Secret Service had I had that <laughs> a job offer at the time. Today, Roger Griffiths is an author and consultant in Bristol, where he's involved in community and social projects. Look for his book, My American Odyssey, From the Windrush to the White House. It's on Amazon. Roger Griffiths is also chair of Bristol's Ujima Radio, we broadcast a range of topics that affect the black minority ethnic community and also those wider communities. We have the voice for the voiceless. The heart of Bristol. Keep on, keep on moving. You're listening to Ujima 98 FM. Oh, yeah. That's his station. Love it. And having worked once upon a time in community radio myself, I'm a big fan. So if you're in Bristol, tune in at 98FM, or if you're anywhere else, head over to ujimaradio.com. Dot com. <laughs> well, Roger, thank you so much for joining us in the secret room. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Now, dear listeners, it's time for what could be the biggest reveal ever in the secret room. And it's from host and producer, Dahlia Beta. Ben. Hey, Dahlia. Are you recording? What's up? I have something to tell you. One might even call it a secret. Here we go. Okay. I'm having a baby. Seriously? Yeah. You're pregnant. Yes. Congratulations. Thanks. I'm really excited. Does your husband know? (laughs) Of course he knows. (laughs) Do you want a boy or a girl? I don't know yet. It's just, it's still too new. It takes time to grow a baby. Yeah, it does. You're brewing life. Ew. Yeah. Ew. (laughs) We heard the heartbeat. Oh my God, that's so exciting. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to share it? Yeah. Should I just play a clip of it? Yeah. Okay. We see it. Yeah, I see it. It's so cute. That sound, that sounds like a heartbeat, yeah. that's the baby. That whole conversation, that was recorded last summer, and now it's winter. So strap on as we travel through time with Dahlia to the present day. Hey Ben, I just got out of the farmer's market, and I was sitting at, standing at the farmer's market, and I walked by the pickle stand. And I thought, before this, I was like, that whole thing about pregnancy and pickles is 
a lie. I hate pickles. I will never like pickles. But when I walk by that pickle stand, there is nothing that I ever wanted more in this world. We currently do not know what the gender is of the baby, so thanks to my mother-in-law, she gave us the nickname Muffin because she wrote this card and it said, sending love to the muffin in the oven, and I thought it was cute, so now we call it the Muffin. You told me earlier today that something embarrassing happened. Yes. I was at the store, and there was a really long line because that tends to happen in Manhattan. I needed to get out of the line, and I thought, okay, I could try to shove past these 25 people, or I could try to get in this little space between the wall and a pole. The lady before me did it, and it'll be fine. Well, I think maybe a few months ago I could have done it. <laughs> I tried to squeeze through this space, and the corner of the pole presses into my abdomen as I go through. Uh-oh. Were you stuck? Is that what you're telling me? I wasn't stuck. I made it through. It just dug into Muffin. They didn't have to get the jaws of life. Really? To get you out of there. No. So I think other than this podcast, whatever, we're not going to mention the poll anymore. That topic is off limits from here on. Polatorium. <laughs> Hello. Hey, Dahlia, it's Ben. Is it? Yes. Are you recording? Yeah. You could just sound like a little more excited to hear me. I am so excited to hear hear you. <laughs> You're pregnant. This is true. You sent me a picture today of yourself, a selfie, and it was you and your face did not look very happy. <laughs> you had like red splotches all over. What's going on? Okay. So I have this issue I have discovered only since becoming pregnant. Apparently, if you have to throw up and you throw up very violently, then you can break blood vessels in your face. Like all over your face. I mean, not to be rude, but <laughs> all over your face. Yes. My baby <laughs> did not like Chinese food, did not appreciate it. And does it hurt a little bit? Um, I mean, it hurts to throw up. I'm asking because you've been a little grumpy since that episode. Really? Yes. <laughs> A little bit. Okay. Well, if you vomited partially digested Chinese food violently, you would also be grumpy. I think you should save those pictures because you can show your baby when she is 13 and acting up. You can say, this is what I went through for you. Yeah, they fade. <laughs> Good. Well, I hope so. I know, right? I'd like to tell you a story, Ben. Let's set the scene. Summertime, New York City. It's hot. I get off the train Koreatown is hot, it's crowded, it's loud, and it smells like garbage. And I'm there for one reason, and that reason is churros. Long, skinny, fried dough covered in cinnamon sugar. There's this one place in Koreatown that makes what look like to be incredible churros. And so I've been seeing them on my Instagram for like the past couple of weeks and I've been crazy about it. I have to go get these churros. So finally I make it out. I'm exhausted walking around Koreatown, find the churro restaurant and lo and behold they had just sold out. Can you imagine how grumpy a pregnant lady would be when all she wanted was churros and they were sold out? <laughs> I am right now googling churro craving pregnant why and guess what came up what <laughs> kim kardashian flies to paris just to satisfy pregnancy craving for churros december 2015 
that makes no sense. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Why not? You just, it should make perfect sense. You were just, see, there, there's a, <laughs> there's an MTV report on it right now. So you can see it's I'm true. I'm going to eat whatever I want to eat, Kim said to her friends on the episode. Shortly after, Kim then flies to Paris and indulges in several churros with decadent chocolate sauce and cheesecake. Okay, first of all, I do not care for that Kim Kardashian lady. I think she gets too much press. And right now this show's about me. And we just fed into the into the hype. We gave her you press. Did. Okay, I did. <laughs> but but it does make sense because that's just what happened to you. But I didn't fly to Paris. Yeah, but if you had I like went to New York City. Twenty million well, New York City some say is better than Paris. Maybe she should have gone to New York City. I mean Paris is further from Mexico than New York City. Why won't you just fly to Mexico? You freaking live in California. Take a train or a bus down to Mexico. Then you get real churros and maybe even a delicious street taco. Street taco sounds good. Have you craved those? No, but I did have another craving for waffles. It lasted three days and I don't have a waffle maker. And all I could talk about and all I could think about was waffles. So finally we went to this diner. Shout out for Brownstone Diner in Jersey City. And it was the perfect waffle. Crispy on the outside, soft on the inside. I drizzled it with sugar, syrup, and honey. It was everything I ever wanted. In fact, I think I want one right now. Dahlia Beta, I am not pregnant, but I have a craving for that waffle right now, too. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Next time you come visit, you can, we'll go get one. All right, it's close enough. I can't wait anymore. <laughs> okay, so we have a little presentation for you. What you're listening to here is a recording of a live video Periscope feed. Dahlia mixed her husband two drinks for the big gender reveal. All right, so we'll start with the blue one. One blue um, and one pink. Which would he choose? An ounce of Bacardi and half an ounce of this blue Curacao that I've been told tastes like Windex. I feel cleaner already. Well, you can't see it on the podcast, but as an observer in the Periscope channel, I can certify that he went straight for the pink one. Yay! <laughs> Tell me if it's good. Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Hi, Dahlia. Why have you guys taken a trip to Italy, leaving me alone with the podcast? You may have heard of something called a baby moon. It's basically a trip that people take before they have a kid because they probably won't be taking any more cool trips for a while. So how was, how was the journey across the ocean? That's a, a lot of hours to be pregnant in a plane. It's kind of embarrassing. I had to use a seatbelt extender for the first time ever. Oh, no. <laughs> well, at least you had an excuse. This is true. <laughs> um, I had to kill myself. It's just because of the baby. Right. Yes. Tell yourself that. It's fine. You totally had an excuse. It's fine. If you stay there, your baby could have European health care for life. <laughs> that would be a bonus. <laughs> Yeah, maybe you should extend the trip a little bit. And you could do the podcast from Italy, it's no problem. Anyway, I just eat the world. I'm too... I'm too sleepy, I'm too hungry, I can't stop eating. <sighs> you also just flew back from Italy. 
It doesn't matter. I don't believe in jet lag. I just believe in failures. <laughs> what? Why do you feel so down? I don't know. You're eating for two. It's not the same. Like, I'm eating for two, but I'm a normal size human, and the baby is a tiny size human. There's no need for that much Chinese food in one day. I'm also tired. Hi, Ben. It's Dahlia. I just thought I should tell you that I ugly cried today because I heard the story about a guy who rescued a dog that got pushed out onto the highway in front of him. Yeah, pregnancy hormones, they're a real thing. Okay, bye. Hi, Dahlia. What? When you were at the doctor, you emailed me, like, a voice memo of the waiting room. It was just really loud. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it when I was listening to it. It was like, you sounded like you were at Times Square. I just want to give a PSA, you know, just like people. You're, if you're in a waiting room, you just need to be quiet. What are people talking about in the waiting room when you're... I don't know, because most of them are speaking other languages. It's a very diverse area that I live in, by the okay, way. Okay, well, that's, you know, yay for that. Yeah. But, I mean... I don't even know how they know each other. Like, do you all just schedule your appointments at the same time? <laughs> Weird. They all knew each other. A lot of them. So, you went to the doctor today. My blood pressure was high today. Now I have to, like, be super careful and look for all these symptoms and stuff. So now I have a fun task for tomorrow. I get to collect all my urine in a jug. Every every drop. <laughs> for 24 hours. <laughs> in a jug. Yes. Because there's that much urine that needs to be collected. Big orange jug. <laughs> oh, my God. Why can't it just be a sample? Why does it have to be, like, a full day's worth of urine? Because they have to check how much protein's in there, right? This is really disgusting. <laughs> and they can only determine that with a full day. It's gross. What if the jug is not enough? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it will be. Okay. It's big. <laughs> and why is it orange? I don't know. Is it like the color of a hazardous waste <laughs> container? Just an orange jug. I don't know. <laughs> I wonder how much it's going to weigh after it's full. Is it like a gallon? I don't, I don't want... Can we change the subject? Okay. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> So anyway, I'm going to be working on the podcast a lot tomorrow. While you're home with your jug? <laughs> yes. Okay. I just feel like, I don't know, this is just way different than I was expecting it to be. Like, just this whole ordeal. Like, I don't know. I thought, okay, I'll be in the nesting phase and I'll be able to go run all my errands and get the nursery ready and clean the house and do this thing I'm calling Spice the Reckoning. Did I tell you about Spice the Reckoning? No, you're holding out on me. What's that? <laughs> Spice the record. Um, so you know the rapture. Uh -huh. Everybody disappears. Yeah, yeah. Like half the half the people go away. Whatever. Right. So I kind of think of this as like Judgment Day for the spices. So the spices <laughs> all disappear to make room for baby. Yes. Spice the reckoning. <laughs> so that's happening soon. But I just like, I feel like nobody told me, oh, by the way, your pelvis is going to crap out on you. Yeah. You know, it's going to be really hard for you to walk the three blocks from the light rail to your doctor. Right. It's going to be really hard. Like, come on. You know what I mean? I'm an industrious person. Like, I don't have hard times with things. And I'm having hard times. Supposedly, it's all worth it in the end. Supposedly. Yeah, because you can have a baby. She she better just be cute. <laughs> She'll be cute, but better, even more importantly, she better be appreciative. And well-behaved. Not too much screaming, just a little screaming. And sleepy. Like you want, you <laughs> want a sleepy baby. Yeah. Surprise! Surprise!
Christ, hell yeah. <laughs> a little secret that you all may not know about Dahlia is that she happens to, behind that sweet exterior, be one of the most brutal shit talkers that I've ever seen in fantasy football. I think that toughness will help her to be a really excellent mother. I've had the joy of being pregnant at the same time as Dahlia and sharing with her this experience. I'm so excited that she's going to become a mother and that we can continue to share in the growth of our sweet children together. I had a chance to check in with Dahlia just three days before her due date, and I asked her how she's feeling given that there's a big change right around the corner. I'm scared just because it's my first time, but I'm also excited to meet this little tiny person that has been living inside of me for nine months, and because I also have to make sure that little person stays alive. (laughs) So, Dahlia, what's been the best part of your pregnancy? Going from this is a really weird situation, to like actually falling in love with this tiny person. It's it's kind of funny how it happened. It's just like, I'm sure it's all hormones, you know? But it really is true. There's like a connection between a mom and a baby that happens. Like it changes your brain. It changes the way you feel. And I really noticed that. The less serious thing that I've kind of enjoyed is pretty much eating whatever I wanted. Because, especially as a woman who struggles with weight issues and body image issues, it's hard to allow yourself to eat stuff that you might want. But when you're pregnant, there is a specific thing you want at that moment, and it has to be a exactly certain way. And it's kind of nice to just be like, this is what I want, and I'm getting it, and I'm eating it, and you can all suck it. And so, of course, now the next question is, what's what's been the worst part? Definitely the worst part is just, I'm... You may not know this, Ben, but I'm a control freak. I had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the worst part is just you have to give up so much control. You lose control of your body. You lose control of your emotions. And that is hard for me. It's very hard. And so do you want to know the worst part for me? Probably, I imagine, (laughs) when I'm yelling at you about the show because I can't control my emotions. (laughs) There you go. You nailed it. In three days... D-Day comes, you're going to give birth to a beautiful baby girl. What are you looking forward to the most? I want to see her face. I want to see if she looks like my husband. I want to see if she looks like me. I'm honestly looking forward to those quiet moments that I have with her by myself. Like in the middle of the night when we're, you know, like feeding or she's crying and I'm holding her. But it's like there's a connection, you know, and it's just I'm really looking forward to it. You see these stupid emotions. I don't have control of them. (laughs) (laughs) so when you look into the future what are your hopes and dreams for your little girl if she has my hands i hope that she plays the piano (laughs) but in all seriousness i hope that she's healthy i hope that she's smart and okay i'm a control freak i can be grumpy as you know but my husband is like the nicest guy that ever lived on this earth and i hope that she gets a lot of his kindness And that she gets some of his chill vibes, because she'll need that. (laughs) And just this weekend, I was able to meet Dahlia's daughter in person. They were sitting in a comfy chair in the corner of the living room. I had to say hi, like, first thing. 
Hey! Hey, how are you? We bring we come oh. bearing bagels, bagels oh. and coffee. Magical. <laughs> Hi, sweetheart. Oh. I hear little gurgles. Yeah. She's sleeping. She's like, oh. She does all the time. She's grunty. She's beautiful. Congratulations. Thank you. So cute. She's like two weeks old. Yeah. And so ends season two of The Secret Room. But fear not, we took our season break over the holidays and the podcast will be back in about two weeks. Maybe a little more, maybe a little less. Stay subscribed to find out. And good news for bingers of the future, the next episode is already there. That's only for bingers in the future though, so current people don't get excited. Speaking of which, I want to send a big shout out to our bingers. It's great when people find the show and devour the whole feed in a weekend. So if you know anyone who's looking for a new podcast, tell them to binge The Secret Room. If you want to see the most adorable baby tees ever, courtesy of Dahlia, head over to facebook.com slash secretroompod or check our Twitter handle at secretroompod. Theme for the Secret Room podcast is composed and performed by Breakmaster Cylinder. Send us secrets for season three you want to tell and we want to share. That's the contract we have with you, the subscriber. Email your voice memo or written secret to share at secretroompodcast.com. Got all that? Good thing you can just hit rewind and take notes. Want me to wait? Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> okay, that does it for now. Signing off for Dahlia Beta. I'm Ben Ham, and this is The Secret Room. Pot on.